Hello, this is Dr. Peter Malinowski, clinical psychologist and IFS therapist, and we are doing the Catholic take on Chapter 13, Doing Inner Work Safely. This is out of Internal Family Systems Therapy, second edition by Richard Swartz and Martha Sweezy. This is a really important chapter. We are going to just start with the first line, the first five words. Every IFS therapist gets stuck. Dick and Martha tell us. Absolutely. We all get stuck. And there's three things that I want to bring out in this Catholic take on this opening section. One is humility, the second is agency, and the third is security. All within the therapist. Where is our humility? How do we consider agency? And where do we find our security in doing the work? Humility. We are to be like little children. Parvulus is how it is in the Latin. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, right? Parvulus, little children, which allows us to be really humble. We are to be like little children in the therapy sessions as well, with a sense of awe, with a sense of wonder, with a sense of freedom, because we don't have to manage the entire situation. We're not supposed to be controlling everything. So humility agency is all bound up in that, right? If we are in the flow of grace, it's not primarily our agency that should be operative here. It should be our agency subordinated to the will of God. And the third security, right? Do we find security in our own wits, in our own training, in our own knowledge? Do we find it in our own power, in our own control? Where is our security? Well, from a Catholic perspective, our security is always in God. It's in the love and the providence of our Father in heaven. It's in Our Lady, who is our mother. So there's a great freedom within IFS because while IFS trusts in the self and in the process, we have more than just the self and the process. We also have a loving Father in heaven. So the mistakes, remember the mistakes? Going too fast is often a mistake that IFS therapists make, and it's certainly one that IFS Catholic therapists are not immune from, right? Remember, from a Catholic perspective, the timing of these things is in God's hands. Our Lord spent 30 years in his hidden life. Things sometimes take time to unfold because there's no such thing as instant ivy, right? It, sometimes things just take time to develop. And so I think sometimes beginning IFS therapists are concerned that they're not getting to the XLs right away, if they're not unburdening right away, if they're not being able to have these dramatic changes in their clients right away, something's not happening as it should be in the therapy. And sometimes it just takes time. So one question I would have is why do things have to go quickly? Why does it have to go faster than it does? We can get to some of the concerns and fears of our parts, especially our manager parts, if we ask those questions, right? What matters is patience, it's love, it's being with not only our own parts, obviously, but also with our clients' parts in a way that's not undermining the client's self and the self developing the relationship with the client's parts, right? So common areas of getting stuck for IFS therapists, including Catholic IFS therapists, we have a therapist insecurity, we have 
taking on too much responsibility for the client's life. We have detecting parts. We have not fully exploring parts constraints. We have not working with a client's external context. And we have therapist parts. All right, so we're going to review those now from a, through a Catholic lens. Therapist insecurity. This is a huge one. This is one that's generated by our parts that are nervous, that are driven by fear. Where do we find security? goes back to that question. Are we trying to find security in our own resources, in our own knowledge, in our own training, in our own preparation? We find security on a natural level by being recollected, by being in that space of self. And we find that security on a supernatural level by being in right relationship with God. That's where it's got to come from ultimately, right? So many therapists try to find security in compensatory ways. They have manager parts, therapist parts that are trying to compensate by reading everything that's out there in IFS or by memorizing protocols or by implementing you know, different kinds of treatment strategies as though they were recipes. Right? Well, we're not cooking food here. We're working with dynamic human beings that are incredibly complex and one of the lessons for so many Catholic IFS therapists is to be able to let go of that control, let go of that responsibility, and trust that grace is operative. Remember, these parts of us, these protectors, these therapist parts are trying to help us. They're trying to protect us. They're trying to keep us safe. Sometimes, though, we're going to be wounded. Sometimes there's a cost to the vulnerability of being an IFS therapist. Matthew 10.16 Behold, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Right, so... We are going to get injured from time to time. We're going to, in this, in, in this exchange, in this level of intimacy, in this level of connection that we're going to have with our clients, there's going to be wounds that happen. It's going to pull for things to come up in us as well as therapists. The work always does. What is our attitude towards suffering? What is our attitude towards our client's suffering? Is it okay for our clients to suffer? Because sometimes that's necessary. This is a hard road, this life, our Lord tells us. Sometimes our clients are going to suffer. There could be atonement aspects of that. There could be other redemptive aspects of that suffering. And it wouldn't be helpful to them to take that suffering away. Our clients also need to learn to, to suffer redemptively, just as we need to learn to suffer redemptively. Therapist responsibility. This is one where, wow, Catholic therapists often have an overdeveloped sense of responsibility, a hyper-responsibility in terms of the lives of their clients. They feel responsible for what their clients do. Therapist parts not making clear distinctions between where the therapist's responsibility ends and where the client's responsibility begins for the client's life. We are responsible for what we do. Clients are responsible for what they do. And our job is actually to increase the client's freedom, right? It's to work with the client in such a way that the client has greater freedom not to make decisions for the client, not to exercise the client's freedom for the client. It's much more about increasing their capacity to do the good. And that's separate from the decision to do the good. That is entirely under the sovereignty of the client's will. 
when we are working really well in IFS, or I would argue in other therapeutic modalities as well, it's like having a canoe on a river, right? The grace of God is like the water in the river, right? And we use our paddle to conform ourselves to the river, to avoid a little rock here, a little nudge there. We're not using the paddle to move the canoe forward so much as we are to conform, to steer the canoe so that it conforms to where the grace, the water is leading us. In contrast, when we're trying to do it by ourselves, it's like paddling a canoe on a lake. We're using our paddle, we're using our autonomy, we're using our agency to move the therapy forward. And that's far more exhausting. That's far more exhausting because now we have to be the one to make things happen. And rather, what we want to do is conform ourselves to grace so that the river can carry us. Detecting parts. Well, this is really important, right? We want to know other people. I think there's three main elements to love. There's benevolence, there's capacity, and there's constancy. Knowing our client through their parts, not just the self, but through the parts, really helps increase our capacity to be able to love them because then we can conform ourselves to what the parts really need. And so often, parts of clients are pulling for something from us, some kind of redemption from us, some kind of good from us that they really need to get from either the client's own self or from God or from Our Lady. We can't meet all the needs of our clients, but yet sometimes we have caretaking parts or we have parts that try to meet the client's needs. And that's usually a collusion among parts, right? My parts as a therapist and the client's parts who want to be re- to be redeemed. I very much got sucked into this early in my career, wanting to be a good enough therapist, wanting to be a good enough attachment figure. We get into situations where we're trying to reparent our clients. We're not, a, we're not our client's parents. We, we, that's not what we do. We're therapists. There's a very clearly delineated line there in IFS for how far we go. So we really want to make sure that we are working with the client's parts in a way that is cooperative and collaborative. We really want to avoid polarizations. We really want to avoid conflict. There are some times, though, that we just need to inform clients' parts of ways in which they're being harmful to the client. And so you can think about it again as working with little children. There's a lot of parallels and analogies between working with client systems and working with a group of children, right? In in another system, like a family system. If you've got multiple kids, it's kind of like that, right? So that's often really helpful in terms of working with these clients' parts who phenomenologically appeared to be very young. The next one, not fully exploring a part's constraints, right? Sometimes we have to deal with limitations that God has put on, constraints that God has put on our client in some way. They might have intellectual constraints. They might have time constraints. They might have family responsibility constraints. One of the things to remember is that anytime there's a constraint, it's a gift from God. Providential thinking, right? Romans 8.28, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. That really should permeate the Catholic IFS-informed therapist's worldview. Anything that happens is a gift. Can we hold that? What gets in the way? 
within our own systems of really believing that deeply and from moment to moment when we're interacting with clients. What keeps us from really holding on to that in a visceral way, not just an intellectual abstraction being held in conscious awareness, but actually felt in our bones throughout our parts. We can't have parts holding on to a really providential worldview and operating separately from the self. It doesn't work. It's always, a, uh, it's always an imitation. It's always a parody of some kind or other when parts do that. Right. Again, lots of patience, lots of patience when working with clients' parts and also patience with work with working with clients' external context, right? Again, any internal constraints are gifts, any external constraints are gifts. Right? So the last area where IFS-informed Catholic therapists get stuck with their clients is always because of the therapist's own parts, period, full stop. It's always because of our own parts our parts that are operating autonomously, that are not self-led, that are taking over in various ways, trying to protect us, good intentions, but are not letting the self really be present with that natural recollection and not really allowing that natural recollection to be a conduit of graces from God toward our clients. So we want to be working with our parts constantly. We want to be in connection with our own parts during therapy, before therapy, after therapy. We want to be really in connection with our own parts. Now that may sound really like a huge like project, right? If you're just starting to get to know your parts. It gets so much easier as you become more and more familiar with yourself. This is why the individual work that IFS informed therapists do on a regular basis with their own systems is absolutely central. This is why that human formation of the IFS therapist is so important. Some of the more dangerous therapists out there, in my opinion, are ones that know a lot about IFS, but they don't really live in a self-led way. Because there's all kinds of compensatory things, all kinds of language things that their parts can use that they can weaponize in therapy in the service of protecting the therapist. That's why we go back to that humility. We go back to that agency and we go back to that security. Where are we getting those things from? What informs our approach to those three things? All right. One last part is what IFS, therapy, what IFS originator Richard Schwartz calls granting the nature of parts. And this is where we get into some really sticky and unresolved anthropological issues. Dick Schwartz goes beyond any other therapist that I know of, any other theorist, in describing the importance of looking at parts as separate persons within the individual, separate personalities. And that would apparently include them having a will and an intellect and all of the faculties and that does run afoul of how we understand the human person to be within the unity of it. Now, I'm not an expert. I'm not an anthropological expert on the nature of the human person. That's what the Philosopher's Cafe is for within the uh, interior therapist community. We are actually working on trying to sort some of these things out in order to bring it into harmony with what we know to be true by divine revelation, what we have more confidence in because of the work that different thinkers, that different theologians and philosophers have done through the ages. We want to make sure that we're grounding this practice of IFS within a Catholic understanding of the human person. 
But I will say that the more that I've actually worked with some of these parts as though they were separate persons, the more successful the therapy is. Now, I've got parts that are a little uncomfortable with that, right? Because how do we really understand this? We've made some progress. The, there have been some discussions I've had with other IFS-informed folks that have been leading us towards how different parts access faculties, how they access the will, how they access the memory, how they access the intellect, how they access the passions. And so I think what's going to happen is that we're going to have a more sophisticated, a more complex, and a more accurate model that captures the phenomenology that's inherent in IFS, but also is able to harmonize this kind of parts work with an authentic Catholic anthropology. So stay tuned for that, right? We are made in the image and likeness of God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We have difficulty understanding ourselves. So if we can create a little space to sort through all these anthropological issues, I think we're going to have like an even better way of approaching therapy work with our clients and frankly, with relating with ourselves as well. All right. Take care. God bless.